Hello everyone and welcome back to The Station Podcast. As I mentioned in the last episode, we are now going to be looking at a TV series, which is going to span throughout the next month. These episodes will be running concurrently to our usual dive into film every other Friday, being released every Tuesday for the next month. For any more info on our schedules, please check our Facebook and Instagram. So to get straight into it, we're going to be looking at The Midnight Gospel. The Midnight Gospel is a 2020 animated series. It features Duncan Trussell and clips from his podcast, The Duncan Trussell Family Hour. It uses his show as a basis to create a character, Clancy, an interdimensional space caster, exploring dying worlds and interviewing guests along the way. It's brought to life by Pendleton Ward of Adventure Time's strange and quirky signature style that also leads to it being quite random and, and non-linear. It's quite grounded, but totally off the wall. And welcome back to another episode of the Mini Gospel. This episode of the Midnight Gospel that we are looking at today is called The Annihilation of Joy. This episode features a prison planet where Clancy is privy to and the cause of a prison break that's happening. It's very akin to the film Groundhog Day in the way that it plays out, constantly looping the story of Bob, who is a prisoner there, who Clancy, as he's being transported onto this planet, crashes through his cell, initiating this prison break. No prisoner can die on this planet, so as we watch Bob attempt to escape and fail numerous amounts of times, we see his spirit go through the reincarnation process, until he learns to become meek and mild and benevolent to those around him. So when Clancy breaks through the the prison, like the prison roof, he kind of breaks the system it seems, like he gets in well, he, he meets the soul bird of Bob, who sort of speaks for Bob in that sense. Maybe kind of, I, I don't know what the significance of this particular person uh, who's being interviewed, who seems quite knowledgeable about a lot of uh, strange pop culture, but then also uh, esoteric concepts yeah it's a it's an interesting discussion isn't it yes yeah, he talks a lot about it's like the kind of connectedness of the universe and that that seems to be the kind of lesson that that bob learns is being able to like see himself in all these different people and, and then kind of behave in a way that well would you want someone to do this to you and once he starts kind of really realizing that he's able to empathize with people and he's able to sort of escape it seems to be the kind of end end goal of it really is is that kind of like like reaching like an empathic state where you can see yourself in other people but before he gets to that he kind of has to get through these like very angry uh you know, he's like fighting to get out at the start isn't there once he kind of like i must accept it a little bit more it's this choreographed circumstance that keeps reoccurring it's this prison break essentially bob has which is spurred on by uh clancy's kind of now appearance in in this mm. place he's allowed them now to to escape and he keeps sort of reliving this same concept because obviously they can't die not any of the people or any of the things or items in the the prison can't die um they just mm. keep reliving the same circumstances over and over until they've learned their cosmic lesson and in this we see every time bob's soul like this sort of heart um like it's almost like a, a dog i'd say very dog-like but like it a dog, milk, dog doesn't it like yeah like a dog sort of creature that sort of represents the soul every time uh he dies he's on this uh 
he gets he gets birth from a sarcophagus like a um a russian doll sarcophagus that keeps opening and opening yeah. and i mean those like the visuals and the kind of bits where he's being rebirthed are like fantastic aren't they like they're kind of or you're sort of seeing these like kind of weird creatures with lots of eyes like picking him up and looking at him and weighing his soul against a feather from from the soul bird and then all these like images flashing up which kind of um relate in some way to sort of how he lived in that little kind of life like for example the first time his soul's taken out of his body it's incredibly uh, hostile it's 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 it seems very angry and the images we get are like a very disturbing like of of dogs babies i think things dying like maggots it's very brutal imagery it's it's war it's death it's really brutal and then it kind of i don't know it's, it's like slowly softens doesn't it and it just becomes like grief i think in the end he's just sort of crying isn't he it's well, every time we've been taken through this this similar cycle of, of Bob dying in failed attempts, again, he's tried something very different. He'll take, try a different approach. Sometimes he'll he'll be hopeless and uh, he'll be really, um, I'd Terrible. say... Sometimes he distracts guards with, with like a spoon routine, which is like really random. <laughs> it kind of doesn't fit in with everything else, but there you go. Well, well, sometimes he's being like really, uh, like a, a like a pacifist. He's being really pacifistic. He's not doing like engaging in any acts of violence at all. But then it's just like, and then when his soul's picked out, it's all sad and crying and like I'm hurt, you know. Um, and then sometimes it's it's very again it's very angry. It's like you know because he tried a different method, and each time we see Bob kind of learn, he becomes the arbiter of this kind of knowledge of it's getting a little bit better or you're getting a little bit further and just, Mm. um, and again, that seems to be his end goal is just to, to at least help other people not to cause. I think that's the last time we see him go through this reincarnation process is this last time he's, he didn't inflict any harm on anyone. He did. And he basically sees everyone like himself. Like he just sees flashes of himself, Mm. like almost like a ghost, like vision of him over overlaying the other person. Yeah. Kind of, you you know, relating to this idea that we're all one kind of thing and that we're all, you know, part of each other's lives. Yeah. And he, there's also like each time he sort of remembers kind of what happened. So like, you know, there'll be rocks or, bricks will fall in a corner and he'll get the first time he gets crushed and then he knows to move and then there's times when he like tell other prisoners to move because he knows that it's going to fall or kind of like he'll he'll naturally use what's going to happen to to get rid of the uh, very violent prisoners but in the same way like he's not actually like actively hurting them because yeah the first couple of times when he goes through it he's just you know he fights the guard he takes a shotgun he's shooting people he's getting shot at and eventually he'll get killed by some you know because there's some pretty nasty prisoners in there there's some like fucking huge um like monsters really isn't there <laughs> some of the people yeah. well is that as like, he gets further up the the chain as he starts to go there's like this giant sort of like childlike figure like a it's like a yeah. giant child that's just it seems like it's crying in the corner it doesn't want to be disturbed in any kind of way but then there's also this like pirate who's who's got like a a, a knife for a leg that's just i was just thinking of that one it's like stands on his face and it's like dancing up and down on his eyes it's really horrible <laughs> yeah in the soul prisons there's definitely some scarier people out there than bob 
um, who he has to kind of outwit, I guess, to get out. And then even like the first couple of times when he ends up getting out of the soul prison, um, he's like climbing up this kind of rope that's been made out of lots of different bits of fabric. And because it's been pulled, it kind of twangs him out and he just falls onto this giant spike. The, the whole prison is surrounded by spikes and they basically just get impaled, which is, I guess, really horrific as well. It seems like he knows it's kind of in vain. Um, he, as he gets twanged out of the prison, or he's, as he kind of like, ends up falling off like the side he basically grabs onto this vine that has a strawberry on it seems like some sort of fruit mm. like that and and so picks it off and just eats it and seems really sort of content and he just falls falls to to be like impaled on this spike and he's just like but that kind of moment just seems like he's 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 kind of at that pinnacle like oh wow at mm. least i got to do that i enjoyed that sweet little moment yeah there's yeah there's that kind of like enjoyment of like i've i've got something out of this this life because i guess it's like you know if, if we think about it in in regards to like reincarnation it's as i think we've said it's like reincarnation but on a hyper scale isn't it it's this this moment that's then being relived like again and again it's like a groundhog day reincarnation it's being lived like again and again and each time um, he's obviously like retaining the memories from the time before and is able to use those to sort of better navigate the situation and learn from it um, which is a really interesting like concept if you know you could do that in real life if, if something happened and then you could go back and try it a different way and see what happens and then kind of do that until you learn uh, what's the best thing to do which I think there's a, like a the Rick and Morty episode where Morty gets that kind of device that he thinks does that but actually it just swaps him into a different universe so every time like he has done everything that he thinks that he hasn't done because he thinks he's reround time um and has just left this like trail of destruction and death in his wake um when he's just used it to kind of do really stupid things and then has kind of been like oh it's fine because i can just like reverse it yeah i mean in this bob eventually gets like a, a like a time turner tool to be be able to to kind mm. of incite that like he then gets the, the power and autonomy through having to relive this to kind of to change and manipulate that he can then do that for himself like he gets this kind of like heart which is like got he's given it and gifted it when he's proven himself lighter than a feather like his soul is lighter than a feather it's kind of noble and and yeah, uh, yeah. it yeah he kind of gets then he he gets this point where he can kind of go onto this plane of existence like he rides clarity clancy outside of that he goes back into the the space where he was he was shot from and it's this kind of mm. unified field that they're talking about this kind of web or net and yeah i mean it, i'd say it's probably one of the most um ephemeral kind of endings it doesn't like it's very it's, meta they must come out of the simulation don't they um into this kind of like antechamber, i guess which is it's not quite back at his um his cabin but it's it's definitely it's kind of in the programming i think still of the simulation like what's around them they kind of are in there almost this like blank um like background aren't they that's almost like waiting to be simulated they've kind of broken out of the simulation a bit but it's really strange it's like that ending to 2001 really in that same sort of way it's this yeah they've transcended like the world really haven't they um and then yeah they bob's like tongue grows back and bob sings a song about as a um, as a female like, like he has a very uh, yeah female... yeah <laughs> it's got like a female voice yes yeah, it's, it's really strange it, yeah it doesn't really fit how bob looks um 
But it, it's kind of it, it's this very strange moment because you kind you kind of taken like whoa you know. But I suppose it's I suppose quite revelatory about the characters. Like you didn't know that you didn't know you know Bob had a, a female yeah. voice. You, know, you just they, assu- you just assumed, yeah. So I I, I don't know. I think that last song, um, it kind of reveals that he or they didn't really know, kind of like part of everyone. Part you know, I I didn't know I was pissing in my own eye. <laughs> that, that's the lyric in it, right? The lyrics are like so kind of just brutal, aren't they? They're really um, the you know, obviously just about all the kind of different things that that i guess have happened in that prison but they're just so like literal and so uh, i guess like gross i'm trying to think of a better word but maybe gross is like is the right word they're just really really gross you're just like oh it's pretty grim but it's this really beautiful voice that's like singing them again <laughs> the the one refrain i remember is that pissing in my eye line <laughs> Like, yeah, like, the fuck? Um, but I think that's one of the interesting things about the show is it just, like, it has these really profound discussions and then it, like, counterpoints them with these just bizarre and in some points, yeah, like, quite gross kind of cartoon things that happen because you've got, think about it, you've got something that's, like, a cartoon which generally in the west we kind of tend to think and i think it's definitely changing but we you know historically cartoons have been usually for kids or they're a bit silly or they're not they're not it's not necessarily a serious art form that's obviously different in different cultures and i think it's definitely starting to change here which is really good but you have this thing that's kind of associated with certain things and then these really profound like discussions that you know wouldn't be um you know they'd be quite at home like in a university lecture hall really um, you know, you could you, know, you could imagine going to a TED talk and it, it being something similar to that. It's you know very highbrow kind of. Uh, so you've got this like amazing juxtaposition. Well, I mean, D- Duncan definitely to me has the position of of, of like a, a novice or some sort of layman in the subject. He always approaches it from a very, I'd say, uh, kind of a very sort of mundane, a very kind of. Uh, humble way of looking at it. Mm. He doesn't really seem to look at it like through a very um, highfalutin gaze. Again, I, I think some of the, the speakers, especially this speaker in this episode, seems like he's very uh, up to date with what's going on. Like a lot of the sp- like speeches and what he t- talks about is quite um, it's quite challenging concepts. Like again, like mm. very kin to like s- string theory and like metaphysics, and you know they're, they're very difficult concepts to get into if you 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 you're a, a complete novice to him yeah definitely and he i think what's really nice about him is he he seems to have this very like each eagerness to learn like to ask questions to not be afraid to be a bit as you say like of a novice and ask like silly questions and and kind of compare that he you know there's this kind of thing where he'll just compare a lot of stuff to to pop culture references as well quite a lot um i've noticed he, he seems to sort of compare these quite um you know spiritual concepts to something that's that's very much within like most people's kind of uh you know are aware of which i think i think really helps to sort of you know you can kind of go yeah no i get that i'm and that's I, I didn't have to read all these like you know books to get all the context like I, I i get what he means there i i mentioned the megazord and it actually comes up in this episode as well like you meant uh, the, the the guest speaker mentioned yeah. the megazord and that's a very much like oh right he's talking about power rangers yeah that but then there's it. a bit where he's like he's like i hope 
he's like, are you talking about Power Rangers? And he's like, oh god, like I thought this was just some new spiritual term that I didn't know about. I didn't. Know, but you're talking about Power Rangers. Great, great. Yeah, Power Rangers, Megazord. That was really funny. Yeah, because you wouldn't have expected that. You know, I mean, if you weren't acquainted with that term already, you you would be like, oh well, what what is that? You know, that's a very strange part of the lexicon that you wouldn't ever really go to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's. But it, it kind of works, isn't it? And it's quite wonderful, I think, um, that we can talk about these very um, complicated matters and then we can also at the same time like pepper them with uh, with pop culture references and, and kind of, I guess, like bring them up to date into the 21st century so they, they have some sort of, I guess, like relevance to, to most people who are potentially going to be uh, watching or listening or, or doing both. Yeah, because there's this prevalent theme of the unified field within it. You know, this this idea that we're all kind of points of the same uh, same map or same uh, schematic. Mm. Um, like, yeah, we're all sort of counted points on this huge graph that that kind of links together. Which is, um, yeah, again, that's a very that's a very complicated idea if you've never thought about that before yeah 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 like i think it says like yeah it's from everything from like a single celled organism isn't it to like a a god or something like that is all part of the same same fabric i guess of, of, of reality of the universe clancy kind of like approaches it. it's like oh it's like a giant what is it like a giant um it says it's not like a net i can't remember what he calls yeah, it yeah it's like it's, it's like, like a net it's like oh like a quill like, no 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 like a net <laughs> like <a> yeah. <laughs> so what do you take away from this episode what do you specifically think this episode has to offer i think it's definitely gonna just have a little think about that for a second and maybe <laughs> cut out me thinking um i think there's definitely the the sort of talking about like the interconnectedness um, of the kind of world and you know you really get that in the animation and in the end of how he ends up escaping by like seeing himself in other people and it's I guess like a kind of takeaway from it um, if you want to you know sort of take something away from it is that like yeah like put yourself in other people's shoes um, you know when when you're thinking of acting think about like if I was this other person how how would that make me feel um, would would I want someone to act that way towards me and, and kind of I guess like judge your actions by that? Um, what what do you take away from it? Yeah, I think unity and what your effects are on others is a very big theme. Again, there's almost two levels to what's going on. There's that very base sort of level of an instinctual level which you're seeing in the, the animation, and then there's this sort of I, I like that because it, 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 there's this high level where they're talking about what actually this means or there's the, the concepts of like again like the unified field and this kind of uh, collective mm. consciousness which again then you can say oh well that actually relates to what's going on you know visually what we can see you know this uh, this prisoner Bob getting his eyes stabbed or uh, having mm. to die multiple times <laughs> I mean that it kind of relates in a, a weird way so i think yeah i, I think unity um sort of solidifies that their concept in this in this episode definitely yeah drinking blood from the stump of a prison guard that i just chopped up that used to be freedom to me Watching my cellmate cry a 
There's a sprayed hot piss in his gouged out eyes That used to be freedom to me Prisoner disguise